0: Hello, my name is Nathan Kreitzer. My eCare project is the environmental impact of hand sanitizer ethanol. I work with Gabe Cohen and Katie Moa on this project. My advisors were Dr. Bruce Dvorak and Dr. Oshar Ali I would like to thank the Nebraska Center of Energy Sciences Research and the Nebraska Public Power District for helping fund this research. (laughs) The agenda for this presentation today is as follows. We will begin with the project objective or project background. We will then move into the product objectives, we will look at the methods used in this project and we will finally discuss the data's results and conclusions. When COVID-19 first began to affect our entire world, one of the first methods of pre- prevention found was the disinfection of hands and surfaces. Alcohol-based disinfectants became a standard for disinfecting frequently touched surfaces, especially when soap and water were unavailable. The most common alcohol used Enhanced sanitizer at the time was isopropyl alcohol. Around the same time COVID 19 reached the United States, a large refinery producing much of the world's isopropyl alcohol had to be shut down. Ethanol is a suitable replacement for isopropyl alcohol. However, at the time, many ethanol producers were producing fuel grade ethanol, which has much looser restrictions than USP or topical grade ethanol. The FDA, for this reason, temporarily raised the impurity limits to help producers more easily reach these impurity limits. There are three main objectives on this project. The first objective was to support the global fight against COVID-19 by helping ethanol plants meet the USP grade specifications. The way we planned to do this was by identifying the location where various impurities were produced or recycled in an ethanol production process. This would in turn help engineers find new ways of ethanol purification as well as unit operations optimization. The second was identifying streams for use and innovative waste streamer methods. For example, bioscrubbers require a specific nutrient solution depending strongly on the total nitrogen, total phosphorus, total suspended solids, pH, and chemical oxygen demand. The third is the environmental impact of USP-grade ethanol production. We will look at the expected increase in hazardous air pollutants, CO2 production, and water consumption. We will now move into the methods used on my project. Initially 17 samples were pulled from a dry mill ethanol plant prior to adjustments allowing the plant to produce USP-grade ethanol. The plant followed the above diagram's black and blue process streams, which is a common ethanol plant process flow scheme. Another common ethanol plant process flow scheme follows the black and gray daughter process streams. The difference between the two schemes is the addition of a distillation column, a thermal oxidizer, and a dryer. For many of the process streams, between the two schemes are the same. For this reason, it is assumed that most ethanol plants have a similar stream characteristic. The impurities we looked at were acetaldehyde, acetal propanol, and methanol. Seven of the samples: mash one and two, beer three and four, bottom seven, thin stillage nine, ten, eleven, corn oil, corn syrup were high in suspended solids. For this reason, they were centrifuged. The supernatant and the solids were tested separately for impurities. The testing, for testing, we used a vacuum sorbent extraction vase in conjunction with a gas chromatography and mass spectrometry GCMS. Two milliliters of liquid sample or one gram of the solid sample was placed in a 20-milliliter vial with a sample pen. The samples were placed in, were vacuumed at 30, at 30 milligrams of mercury and placed in a 5600 spec for three hours and, and at 70 degrees Celsius and 200 RPM. The samples were placed in a cooling tray for 10 minutes before they were placed in the GCMS for analysis. For, chem, for the water chemistry analysis, we looked at four different properties, the total phosphorus, the total nitrogen, the total co- Auction demand and the total suspended solids. The first three, they were tested using TNT vials and were placed in a Hatch DR 2800. The fourth property was analyzed using the total suspended solids. Analyzed was the total suspended solids using the standard wastewater analysis technique. We'll now move on to data results and conclusion. Figure A shows the concentration of four impurities in terms of parts per million throughout the plant, as well as the flow rate of these impurities in terms of grams per minute. Figure B shows the overall COD, impurity COD, and the composition of the impurity COD each impurity contributes. Several impurity interesting things can be found from these diagrams. First, acetyl concentrations appear, appear at the beginning in the solids in the beer three and beer four, but are of very low concentration. In the distillation column, a portion of the acetaldehyde is converted into acetal and is concentrated in the distillation column tops. The difference between the acetal and acetaldehyde in the distillation column tops and the molecular sieve reject would combine to be higher than the intern limits of 50 ppm. Second, methanol accumulation within the distillation column and molecular sieve loop. This is due to the properties of methanol and the separation principles used in this loop. Methanol is a volatile small molecule. Distillation columns separate based on relative volatility. The more volatile component leaves to the top of the column. Molecular sieves trap small molecules such as water and methanol, recycling them back to the distillation column unless larger molecules such as ethanol leave. But with the amount of methanol filtered out by the molecular sieve, the total product would be below the normal limit of 200 ppm. Third, propanol is not a compound regulated by the FDA and USP grade ethanol. However, it is regulated in other higher purity ethanols. The difference between the flow rate and the distillation column tops and the molecular sieve would show a significant amount of propanol entering the final ethanol product. The summary of the water quality impacts are seen on the table on the left and correspond to the streams in the figure at the right. The streams are the highest solid content, MASH 1, MASH 2, MASH 3. Beer- or beer three, beer four, bottoms seven, and thin stillage seven, eight. nine, 10, 11, and corn or corn syrup twelve have a high total nitrogen, total phosphorus, and total suspended solids. The column tops five and Meckler sieve reject six have to- high total nitrogen and total phosphorus. This data may be helpful in determining potential treatment methods. The environmental impacts are as follows. The majority of the hazardous air pollutants, HAPs, are created during the fermentation process. Additional separation won't lead to increased HAPs. Additional separation techniques, as of now, don't require excess water usage, so water demand is not expected to increase. A common additional separation technique used is secondary distillation. Extra steam is required for the reboiler and additional distillation for additional distillation columns. For this reason, additional natural gas will be need to be burnt to increase and in, will increase the greenhouse gas released by usually five to ten percent, but possibly as high as one hundred percent. Doing some simple calculations, with the exception of the CO2 produced during fermentation, which many ethanol plants recapture, purify, and sell, a thirty milliliter travel-sized bottle of ethanol-based hand sanitizer requires a reduction of around 0.02 pounds of CO2. Here are my sources used for this project, thank you for listening to my presentation.